Our reading comes from Mark chapter 9 and 10. There's a couple of different sections for us this morning. When Jesus was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, if anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and the servant of all. From chapter 10. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they've been prepared. When they heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Well, good morning, Elevation. Uh, it's Graham. I'm the youth pastor here, and uh, it's my honor to give you this sermon this morning. So, as you can probably tell, I am at my house, not at the church this morning. Uh, we're doing totally fine. Excuse me, but my wife, Rachel, uh, was in the States last week, and so we're just trying to um, follow the protocol and, and what people are expecting. And so I'm recording from home. Uh, we're doing fine. We're uh, having an okay time at home. And uh, this is our second week of Elevation at Home. And I think rather intentionally, this is going to be like if I was in front of you in a sermon. So I'm not going to edit this video. Um, there's going to be some mistakes. Uh, if you're like me, uh, maybe one of the reasons you like Elevation is that sometimes we're a little unpolished and we're not into slick, catchy videos. So. Uh, I hope that uh, we can enjoy this time together. I'm actually recording this on Saturday morning, um, and so I've been debating whether I'm actually going to be watching with you in this moment as you're watching this. Uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, so I'm wearing my house coat. I figured we're all at home. Let's uh, just enjoy it. I mean, Elevation's a pretty casual church, but why not uh, be even more casual? Uh, so I'm figuring I'm in my lounge clothes, I've got a coffee in my hand, and uh, we're going to talk about these scriptures that we just heard about and continue our series where we're looking at parables. It's been a fun week. We uh, did junior youth and senior youth both over Google Hangouts, and we played some games, and that was a great way to connect. I know there was a great Jesus Collective conversation that happened this week, and I uh, just want to give a shout out to all the people that are really trying to figure out how to make this happen. Uh, this whole online church thing. It really sucks not seeing you and not being live with you. If you know me personally at all, you know that being on a screen, talking to a camera is probably one of my least favorite things to do in the world. But I'm doing it for you, Elevation. All right, so let's get into our series. So 
uh, for the last few weeks, kind of through this Lenten season, we've been looking at the parable of the sower, and we've been looking at it really in depth. Each week, we've been looking at one of the different places that the seeds fall, the way that Jesus kind of calls these different challenges we can have for having the good news in our life, and the reasons we often don't bear fruit. And then what we're also doing is we're looking at some specific examples from the gospel stories of people who exemplify that sort of seed or the lack of fruit that Jesus is talking about in his story. And so the last two weeks, we've looked at a few of the different examples that we have. The first one that Brandon shared with us was about the seeds that fall on the path that are picked up by the birds. And as well, we looked at the seeds that fall on the rocky soil. So this week, I'm gonna do some reflecting with us on the seeds that fall in soil and take root, but then are choked up by thorns. And so we, um, I'm just gonna read, read, excuse me, reread that parable this morning. Um, so you can settle in, get comfortable on wherever you're sitting at home and uh, listen as I read this parable. So this is from Mark 4, this is verse 1 to 20, if uh, you want to follow along. Mark 4, 1 to 20. Again, he began to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teachings, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on a rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parable, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while then. When tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And this is the one for us today, verse 18. And others are the ones sown among thorns. There are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. So today we're examining the section of the parable that hits closest to home for a lot of us, at least me in particular. Uh, this is personally actually a passage I've probably been wrestling with for a little while as it relates to my own life. And this morning I want us to get thinking about what these different weeds in our life can be and what we can do about them. 
I was sharing with Brandon um, earlier this week about some of my struggles in writing this right now amidst our current context where we're all at home. We're all facing some new hardships and there's a lot of uncertainty amidst this COVID-19 um, situation and the ongoing response in our country and world. So I hope this morning to strike a balance of acknowledging uh, this very real moment we're in, but also not focusing solely on that. Uh, throughout the week, I listen to a lot of different podcasts, and I'm just starting to get frustrated that every single podcast seems to be about this uh, virus and this pandemic. And every so often, one will come along, and it's not about that, and it's just kind of relieving to actually remember and carry on in other ways. So hopefully, there's kind of maybe a bit of an acknowledgement of our current situation, as well as uh, just some fruit for, for life in general. If you're like me, my worries over the future and the fear of missing an update on and wanting to know everything that's happening in this current situation is becoming a bit consuming. I feel like I'm just always checking my screens far more than I would like to be um, and really letting a lot of worries get into my head that aren't usually something that I'm so preoccupied with. And so Jesus points in his explanation to his disciples about the parable to a few specific things that can be thorns in our lives. He says, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. I hope you have coffee this morning as we're doing church from home. He says, the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things could all choke out the good news in our life. And that's what we see in these passages that were read for us as scripture this morning in Mark 9 and 10. There are these two instances very close together in the Gospel of Mark where the disciples exhibit this kind of behavior in their own life as they vie for their own positioning amongst one another in Jesus' ministry. In Mark 9, we read about how they are arguing over which one of them is the greatest. I don't know why they were arguing about this. Um, was it their hope of a promotion within the ranks? It was there like a pecking order to Jesus' disciples? Was there some special recognition that they might get from the crowds? I think we often do this too, maybe not in as explicit ways, but so much of our society's narrative is, right, competition with one another, making sure our resume looks really good so when we apply to university or jobs, it stands out having, you know, an upper hand so we can get a better job promotion or better recognition. Um, Sometimes I find myself catching myself, once I find out somebody is like semi-famous or more wealthy, there's like a certain air of respect or intrigue that I, I give them that I don't give people that I would deem to be more regular. Hopefully you're not as terrible as me that way, but that is something that I can do, right? We just start to rank people in these really weird ways, the way the disciples were doing. And Jesus puts a stop to their argument, reminding them that if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. I imagine one of the things that he found to be so frustrating, as we read, is that just a few stories later, this first instance happens in Mark 9, and the second one happens just a few paragraphs later in Mark 10, is that they ha seem to have the exact same argument all over again. They're asking for positions of authority and power as right and left, a few of his disciples are, and then they all find out and they start fighting again. And he has to go immediately after and remind them again that whoever would be great among them must be a servant. And whoever would be first among you must be a slave or a bondservant would be another translation, a bondservant of all. And he says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but, but to serve 
and to give his life as a ransom for many. I think we're often closer to these disciples than we'd like to admit. I guess it can be a sort of comfort in a weird way, knowing that the people who physically had the most time with Jesus on earth, who were absorbing all his teaching, who were literally walking with him, something that like so many of us wish we could just do is be with Jesus in the flesh. The people that got to do that the most in this world are the ones who seem to, every two chapters, need reminders of the same lessons and teachings over again. Um, which I think in some ways maybe just gives us a bit of peace that this is an ongoing process and we're going to need to have the same lessons over and over again. And as we think about this parable moment where Jesus is pointing to weeds in our life, and I think there are many weeds being sown into our lives right now that were not there a few weeks ago. Some of the ones that the disciples are experiencing is vying for power and things I think those are things that we deal with a lot, but there's some new ones, right, in our world in this moment that have started to take root and take up a lot of space in our garden. There are many cares of this world that I'm focused on today that you're focusing on during this time of isolation that we do not pay mind to on a regular basis, right? I think for me, for the first time in my life, I'm thinking about my parents' long-term health. Uh, in a in a more serious way and how they're going to do in the next coming months. Um, you know, I'm thinking about finances in concerning ways. I maybe had a plan of thinking where we'd be for 2019, or sorry, 2020. What a year, 2020. I just want to forget it. Go back to 2019. I think I had a, a hope for our financial situation in 2020 that is proving to change as things are just really up in the air as far as what the next few months hold for our country. And these worries, these weeds can creep in and I'm finding them to be quite consuming. I find myself checking the news, looking for any updates um, way too often through the day because we are in challenging times. And in another way, I think that a lot of the regular weeds that we have in our life are completely disappearing. We're being asked to stay home. We're asked to put on pause our grabbing at more, right? We can't do a lot to get ahead right now. And we're just being told to stay still. Maybe stay still for the first time in maybe our whole life. I know this is not universal. I know that a lot of um, challenges come with this. A lot of you have young kids home for more weeks than you're expecting. And a lot of people in our country are still working tirelessly to make sure we get through this situation. But for me in this moment, I'm being asked to stay still. And that brings some new challenges. The hope of this parable that I believe, this parable about gardening and growing or not growing, is that as anyone who gardens knows, if we put some effort in, if we're willing to get some dirt under our fingernails, and if we're willing to get some sweat on our brow, weeds can be dealt with. Weeds can be pulled. Weeds can be worked through. There are many weeds that have recently sprung up, but there are also weeds that have been in our lives for a long time now. 
And maybe this collective pause we're all taking is exposing some weeds in our lives that can be pulled and reveal incredible fruit and growth in our life, as Jesus seems to hope for in this parable. We are in a moment right now where we are spending more time at home with our families than we have in a long time. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be unspoken things coming to the surface in our marriages and with our kids that we have not dealt with because we just kept the busy train going for so long. Excuse me. You're home over March break for at least three weeks. Maybe a time to reassess and dig deep into the roots of some of these things in our relationships. It's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable. But without dealing with weeds, we can't be fruitful. And you guys got to know that our pastoral care team is still here and desiring to be present in the midst of all this with you as things might come up that you haven't faced before. This may be a time in this kind of collective pause to examine your own life. What have you been striving for? Is your day-to-day rhythm before this pandemic the life God desires for you? Or have we all allowed weeds of worry about the future, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things that are not of God's best for us to take root in our lives? And now we're finally stopping to look around and see them. Pausing and focusing inward can be really painful because we can start to realize how very parched, excuse me, and choked out our life has been from all the weeds we keep trying to water first. And in a season like this, where so much is on pause or has been ripped away, good or bad, we can choose and work to become and remain fruitful followers of Christ. There are some good moments here. A podcast I listen to on a regular basis with the host was interviewing um, a guy who leads meditations and he was pointing out how a lot of people will spend good money to have some quiet time to themselves to just sit and deal with things internally. Not all of us have that opportunity right now, but a lot of us have more room in our days than we've allowed ourselves to have in the past. And we don't have to pay good money to have a retreat. Another fruit that can happen is we can be checking in with one another in important ways, right? You can be checking in with your neighbor's group, praying over the phone or over FaceTime, even on a daily basis. There's some space that's been freed up to do that. You can set aside a prayer time as a whole family. Start up maybe a prayer board on your fridge. Do you know your real life neighbors, the people around your street? Do you know if anyone is alone right now who needs a care package or to have a conversation either through a window or a few meters apart or however you decide is appropriate given the boundaries we have right now? Do you know people in our community, our church community and in our city who are out of work because the economy has really ground to a halt? Whose financial plans for the year just fell apart? How are they doing? Try taking a break from the constant news updates. Maybe start to impose a digital Sabbath if you have the luxury of that time. As we get off screens and, um, and just kind of consuming all of the, the media right now. 
There are a lot of weeds of uncertainty, fear, and confusion right now. And let's try not to water them as much as possible. An important part of this is what we need to tackle was that we need to tackle these worries appropriately. Some of these worries that we're finding ourselves facing are worthy of our attention right now and some are not. And some should not be allowed to take root and choke out our fruit. The same meditation instructor on the podcast shared another example. He was talking about a Zen master who took many of his students up a hill and they were climbing this mountain and when they reached the top he pointed out a very large boulder. And he asked his students if the boulder was heavy. Which is like a total question a Zen master would ask. And they're all thinking, they're saying, well, yeah, that, that boulder is incredibly heavy. I don't know if I could lift it. It's, it's huge. It's the size of me. It's a giant rock. And he tells the story. I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing it. But the Zen master replies, he says, it's only heavy if you pick it up. That boulder is only going to be heavy if, if you pick it up or if you try to pick it up. And that's something I want to encourage you to discern right now. Think about and sift through what are the worries we're facing. Um, what are the ones we actually have to pick up? I, I think there are some, right? Like we're living in a, in a very real time. But there are things that we don't have to worry about and try to pick up right now. And there can be a lot of life in this season too. I already see it. I think... People are checking in with their families more than they have in a long time. They're sharing, they're offering to support one another and pick up groceries and um, just being there for one another. It's not going to be easy, but Christ is in our midst. And if we're willing, he can help us weed and flourish. Maybe like we never have before, right? Maybe this is a new moment for us as people, as families, and as his church in the world. So stay safe. Stay calm as we continue through this season of Lent together. Let's stay focused on Easter and the coming restoration of all things, whether that is normal life in KW or the very real promise we have in Christ of the true restoration of all things to come. Um, I thought I'd end with a prayer that we often do in junior youth, which is just a bit of a centering prayer. And so if you're at home right now, I just invite you to get comfortable and the way this works is we're going to work through a phrase. Um, the phrase is, be still and know that I am God. And so kids, youth, uh, if you have a junior youth in your house, they've done this before. I think senior youth we have too. Um, but just get comfortable and close your eyes. And what I want you to do is, it might feel weird over a computer screen, but at home, uh, repeat the phrase that I say after me. And we're just going to kind of have some collective silence across our city as we uh, end our time of reflection this morning. So we're just going to sit quietly and center ourselves. And you're going to repeat after me. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am Be still and know. Be still.
B. God, we ask you to be with us in this week. We ask you to be with all the people on the front lines in all the different capacities in our country and around the world this week. Ask that you would, uh, your Holy Spirit would lead us and prompt us to think about people in our life who need love right now, who need care, who need support. Pray that we would not run from some of the weeds that are showing up, but that we would choose to get our fingers dirty uh, with the promise that there will be fruit. And I ask uh, that you just be with all of us in ways that we uh, could tangibly know and feel this week. And all God's children said, all right, uh, thanks uh, for sitting through this video. Uh, I really look forward to seeing you all soon. And uh, in the meantime, if you want to reach out or connect, you're welcome to do so. And uh, yeah, it'd be great to stay in touch. And we hope you have a great Sunday.